Welcome to the Birthing Ad Pod- Podcast. This is a podcast about pregnancy, birth and early parenting. Yay! G'day, how's it going? I'm Steve from the Prepare Foundation. We are a registered charity that helps first-time dads make an awesome contribution at the birth of their child. This is a podcast where we get blokes talking about their experience to share their wisdom with other men who are about to go through the life-altering change that comes with first-time fatherhood. So let's hear about the transition of parenthood from a dad's perspective. Would you like to share what how, how you felt with the birth and what happened there? Because it sounded like there was a little bit of an emotional roller coaster for you there. Is that right? Or Yeah, so like from basically, I don't know whether you already know this, but we went to Tasmania for for the birth, um, thinking that we may even stay down there because that's where my parents are. Um, and we were planning for a home birth, like we had an enclosed kind of unit under the house and we had put heaps of preparation in for that. Um, my wife especially had, had done a lot of research and we had a really good team of local midwives who were really well respected in, in the area. And, you know, we'd go to cafes and say, oh, here's your, who's your midwife? Annie, oh, yeah, she delivered three of my kids. You know, really like we had everything set up and then, yeah, like it got to like nine, nine, you know, eight or nine days after due date and, things weren't progressing and so Annie, our midwife, said, look, you might have to start thinking about um, transferring to hospital. So we eventually did and just from there, like, the whole birth process just escalated to, like, emergency C-section and, and just, like, j- just every every level of intervention that you can imagine and, um, and that was really challenging. So w- w- the labour didn't start spontaneously. You're saying she was induced? Yeah. 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 Okay. Yep. Yeah. And that was real. And so we were in the hospital for several, you know, like one of those things where I lost track of the days and I got back to my car and there's fucking tickets all over it. Like, but yeah, that was very hard for Anna Maria because she is so like, like probably like as, as passionate about, you know, natural birth as anyone I've ever met like it was like her it was her number one intention was to have a natural birth and 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 we had the exact opposite so that was really challenging for her and and it was challenging for me to go through that the hospital system as well like that because it was just the interventions and that what we had hoped would be a really intimate experience was absolutely not and it's a lot of crossing of boundaries and, and that sort of thing um i mean luckily you know both of them came out the other side very healthy so that was good but still that they, they might have come out healthy but i'm sure there's a little bit of residual emotional disappointment for her uh, you know about yeah. not having that the, the ideal birth yeah not even a little bit like it's a like daily ever since then it's been an ongoing thing for her like it's it's been really hard for her to come to terms with that and um yeah that that's like a big part of her journey is because she she works in a lot of women's work and 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 that's sort of moving towards birthing and and so this has been a real launching pad for her to like figure out what her values are around that but it's been very difficult because you know, she's had friends around her who have had that like really holistic ideal birth and she she felt really robbed of that experience by the system. But for me personally, that, that, that my my immediate feeling with Alaska, our babe was like I was terrified that Anna Marie was gonna die in the hospital and, and like and so I initially had 
a lot. It might, there was a point in the hospital, I remember, where, where it went from my psyche was like, okay, we're getting the baby today to I need to get my wife out of here alive, you know. And so, so that, that change in, in my intention and my, my priority, it really took a toll because that was like how I felt, you know, I was like so resentful of the baby for like putting her through that, you know, and so it's not the baby's fault, but that was, it was such a visceral feeling for me. Like, like how, how dare you sort of like endanger my wife? Um, I was really scared. So, so that was hard to come to terms with and, 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 and difficult because in the, in the following weeks, it's, it was hard for me to connect with Alaska and, and, and we were isolated in Tasmania living with my parents and that, and that ended up being a really poor I mean, it wasn't a poor decision. It was just that for the lead up to the birth, it was really great being in my parents' house. We didn't have any responsibilities. We were well looked after. My dad's a great cook, all that stuff. But after the birth, their expectation as grandparents was really unaligned with what I fucking needed and what my wife needed. So so in the end, you know, I had some work at the festivals over the summer and as soon as I came back for I think the first one was strawberry as soon as I got back to Victoria I, I just said to Anna Maria like I can't I can't go back and we haven't been back since was so, it just, the, just they you just wanted to kind of be left alone in your bubble and and process and or yeah yeah it was yeah. that it was that and it was also the lack of support from my friends which are really you know because my parents can't it's it's much harder for me to drop into a vulnerable space with my parents, whereas people in my community, my close friends, and even even actually like being at festivals, because my wife is so active on social media, a lot of people in the community knew what had happened. So I remember working at Strawberry and I was, I was slinging smoothies out of the van right, and yeah. people were like ordering from me and they're saying, hey, look, you don't know me, but congratulations <laughs> and, you know, like... But it, it felt really good. You know, I, I didn't have any sort of jarring experiences from that. I felt like, oh, like there's, a, there's, a, there's an entire community of people in this state that know us and that support us and, and don't have the same agenda that my parents and, and family members do. Mm. So moving back to Victoria ended up being really healing because, yeah, those first, I mean, that, like that, when I think back to those first three months of Alaska's life I'm like it's just a blur for me I was the other difficult thing was that Anna Maria's wasn't able to produce the amount of milk that we needed and and that was another thing that was really important to her so oh uh, yeah it would have been yeah so that was really affecting her like her experience and and her emotions and and everything sense of Um, self and and agency and that whole yeah that whole feminine feminine type of journey around around the birth yeah because it's a rite of passage yeah totally so i i spent a lot of that time driving around hobart picking up milk from other mothers who we she because she'd connected on on you know facebook groups to find out mothers who had an oversupply so I spent a lot of that time driving around just picking up milk that was like my purpose during that time because I wasn't wasn't working I had a few gigs here and there um, but I wasn't doing a whole lot and that ended up being what I sort of did because that's that's been a real challenge for me through this whole process as well has been that like I work seasonally and creatively so I don't have a nine to five kind of thing where I can just piss off do my 
masculine kind of thing and then come back. I, I'm working from home and so that has a fair amount of looseness to it and I'm always around the baby. And that that's, I think, maybe in, in the long run I'll see the positive effects of that. But during the first six months, maybe in the, yeah, maybe this whole time, like it's really only in the last couple of months that I've started to feel, oh, well, even since I did that post, you know. Right, yep, yep. That, that I've started to be like, actually, I can I can see this working. Before that, I was like, yeah, every day was really, really difficult for me. Like, I would wake up and, and I'd hear the baby and and I I felt, yeah, I just felt like it's dread, you know. I ended up, like, sleeping and setting up a different bed in my office and sleeping away from them and... Yeah, I, I didn't know whether our marriage was going to survive it and, and all this stuff. Um, but it feels like we're on the other side of that now. And, yeah, and now my wife is pestering me about a second kid. So, <laughs> so. Are you planning to attend the birth of your child? Well, the safest scenario is you're calm, relaxed and know how to provide physical, emotional and practical support. The worst case scenario is you have no idea and end up looking like a deer in the headlights. Bit chill, bruh. Don't be a deer in the headlights, mate. Birthing Dads has a suite of groundbreaking resources designed to give you a confidence boost ahead of the big day. And the best part, it's all on demand and 100% online. Go to birthingdads.com.au and use the coupon code POD, that's P-O-D, for a 10% discount and learn how to support birth like a superstar. So let's go back to the, the the discussion with the midwife about the term. Like, what was what was the the story there? Like, she was advising to be in, induced. So my wife's name is Anna Maria, and our midwife's name is Annie. So mm. just so it's no confusion. But um, basically, she'd been in and out, and and just keeping an eye on it. Um, but then there was I can't remember the name now. She was asking for you know asking Anna Maria like what's coming through in your like in your pee and in your waters and there was like a myconium. Myconium, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so that was that was when Annie said, look, I mean, now we're getting to a point where your waters are broken and we need to know, you know, that the risk of infection, or like the risk of infection is now increasing. So she felt it was best that we go into the hospital. Right. Once we went to the hospital, you know, because Annie had all these connections there, she was able to get us a room and everything pretty last minute. And so we were pretty well looked after. So once they started using the Syntocin, our first midwife when we came into the hospital was really, really good and really supportive. Then there was a change of shift and the second midwife really wasn't on the same page and we were exhausted by that time. And, yeah, I think she upped the dose of Syntocin and... Just and, came on really strong and just really hammered her, I, I yeah. Guess, yeah. Yeah, and and it didn't help the the birth progress really at all, and that went on, and so then there was hours and hours of of that kind of thing, and then until eventually the epidural, you know, and and with different doctors, different midwives, and 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 the story was changing each time there was a shift change, and and we were just really unprepared for like how to deal with the hospital situation, so that was. That was really difficult. It was like mm. not where we wanted to be. Did you find yourself having to have discussions with the staff as in like, you know, they were doing things that you weren't yes. necessarily agreeing yes. to and you didn't know how to? 
Yes, um, like I mean the 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 like probably the biggest example of that, which I know stuck with Anna Maria for a long time, was that they wanted to do a, a vaginal examination, and the pushiness from the because they they're all about like getting a vocal consent but like it was so pushy and so manipulative in the end like they just keep coming back every it felt like every 10 minutes and and you know can we do a virginal election and and you know and like fucking Anna Maria is like totally like in like his trance this sort of birthing trance and and they're like trying to talk to her about like these drugs and 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 what and and the dilation and what it is totally like this sort of medical language and yeah, it really didn't feel like they were. It, it felt like they had an agenda to like tick the boxes in there. And I mean, I understand that that's how the hospital system works, but like it, it was fucked. It on an emotional level, it was totally fucked, and it, it felt so rapey and so um, yeah, so disrespectful and and. <sighs> Yeah, and that's something that's, that really stuck with us. And, and Anna Marie is like really affected by that. And, and she did a big Instagram post about consent in, in hospitals yesterday. Because, yeah, this has been like this, this is like a daily thing for her now, is to be like, she's still doing a lot of research and, and, a, and a lot of discussion online about, about what happened and what happens for other women. And, you know. So she had to, in the end, agree to a, a cervical exam yeah 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 in the end she said okay fine and then they did the examination and it was like uncomfortable and weird and then but like honestly like I think that it, we got told different different like the things didn't match up in the end of like how much dilation was at this point and then that point. Like they thought that things were progressing enough to just keep it going, and and in the end she was just like labouring for hours and hours. I don't I don't know the time. It's really like, but hours and hours and hours and 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 it was yeah very inconsistent what we were told from this doctor and then that doctor and then this midwife and then that midwife and. Yeah, and neither, none of us, we had, you know, we had a doula there and I mean, she was, you know, like less experienced, but a close friend. Um, but, but none of us were like prepared for all of that. So it was just this, there was a state of overwhelm and, you know, like I look back on it and I think, well, maybe I could have been in a space where I could have taken more, more charge of that situation. And we had done like a hypnobirthing course but prior to, you know, month or two beforehand and that had been really positive but but I also look back on that and I I realized how ignorant I had been and both of us which discussed it like we had this notion that yeah we're like conscious fucking hippies we'll have a a great birth and uh, don't worry man I I was the same we were the same and we ended up in a similar situation and yeah yeah so yeah, and, and yeah. So it's funny because they, they, the the woman who ran that hypnobirthing course, she she spoke a lot about things that actually would have ended up being very relevant to us. But because we were so fixed on the home birth, it didn't feel relevant. I didn't absorb uh, it, it didn't as much. Land, I wasn't, yeah. Mm. yeah, I wasn't prepared for it mm. as much. But now I realise that actually that that information would have been far more useful than some of the stuff I did take on yeah but I, I couldn't have known you know and and i guess with like this whole journey like there's nothing that anyone ever told me that could prepare me for any of the experiences i had you know 
how frightening and traumatic the birth itself was. I had no idea how much of a grind and how difficult it is to even feel connected to the baby is I had no idea you know like I I felt like I was going to wake up after the baby was born and have a renewed sense of purpose in my life and all of that but I woke up feeling just the fucking same and that felt very hollow you know that that I was I I was like oh I'm I'm the same person I still have the same desires I still have the same you know I, nothing's really changed except that there's this baby now that I'm fucking responsible for and I don't feel like I don't feel an overwhelming sense of love for it. I feel confused and, and all of that stuff. And so so realizing that was quite a shock and and, and I'm sure it's normal or whatever, but nobody I, nobody I'd been around who really talked about this. I mean, the, the other difficult thing for me was I didn't really know a lot of dads. We had one partner like friends or partners who had um, a daughter who we're close with but that's more like Anna Maria's friends so it's not like I'm sitting down with them and having these sort of real discussions I'm not, uh, not that close with her partner but yeah like it, it, so that that's been really hard to not have a close mate who I would just like have a beer with yeah and just just, just kind of like let it all out and kind of yeah you know, I can talk to my mates about it, but then, like, I do, I have, like, a men's circle of, like, close mates who have been friends for a long time and we catch up every week, but none of them really know. Like, I can I can vent, but no, I, I, none of them know, you know? Like, it's, so that's hard. That's Only really a dad hard. knows. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's tough too, yeah, because I think that's a real missing link in our in our current society is that you know dads are kind of like okay here have your baby and then then there's you know we're we're kind of we've moved on from that old role of being the dad stoic kind of provider thing and we're now emotionally connected and all the rest of it but the culture surrounding that has not yet caught up with that I don't think yeah yeah absolutely and Um, you know and and dads having these kind of conversations where they're actually going oh fuck it's hard isn't it man like yeah shit it sucks man and just even being able to say that to another bloke who understands and having a laugh about it or whatever you go away kind of going oh cool I'm I'm not the only one that's struggling here (laughs) <laughs> totally. Yeah. And, and, and I guess like, you know, like you're saying with a, like society, not really catching up. It's like my dad, you know, I never, I, I, yeah, I've got a pretty good relationship with my dad, but I don't like never had this conversation and I, and I wish he could, you know, like, so if, if I had a son of my own, like it's something that I feel, you know, I, I really strongly will value going forward. Like if, if I, you know, I mean, it's, long way down the path but but it's it's just something that yeah my mates to have more mates around me that I could discuss this with would be invaluable but to actually have my parents there but that's definitely something that I feel like pain about is that my Mm. parents I mean they were there they were fucking there in the house you know and actually they were a nuisance and that sucks you know that that sucks, and it, that shows me how much of a discrepancy there is between their values, their lifestyle, their belief systems, and what me and my wife have. You know, so yeah. But you know, but when you when you break that down, that that kind of, I mean, what I've discovered in in this kind of family development of our culture and stuff is 
it, it happens at geological time spans, you know. It's mm. fucking, it's incremental, it's incremental. So you're going to pass it on to your son and daughter. You're going to talk to them about early parenthood and talk, tell the story about, and you're going to be open about it. And, you know, we're going to be more connected to our heart as we kind of grow with our children. And and mm. I think I think parenting has changed. We're more connected to, and we're more, there's, we place more expectations on ourselves for bringing, you know, responsibly raising our kids, you know. I mean, that's that's what's totally. come up for me and speaking to my mother and just, you know, and having some arguments about what we're doing, our parenting choices, and just mm. thinking back, oh, is that, and, and then that, that's the way I was I was raised. And then, I, and then you bring it through and you go, ah, oh, that's why I've got that problem. That's why this yeah. doesn't work for me or this is, you yeah. know, so... And so I think we're all just learning and, and it just takes time. It's just a generational long-term fucking struggle, you know? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and so have you, have you managed to reach out to any dads lately or so you've been, been back or? Oh, look, I mean, not really. I, you know, maybe, maybe it's one of those things where it's like maybe I should, but I, I haven't really felt to. You're really the first person I've like sat down and had a real like, this kind of chat with, like an intentional dad-dad chat. I have had people, like, reach I mean, and again, since that post, I had several people actually hit, say, hey, you know, give me a call or whatever. Yeah, I, I don't know. I haven't, but I haven't really felt to, to, to do that. You know, I have support systems around me. I do wish, I, I you know, like, I do yearn for, like I have a, a friend who just recently had a, a son and, you know, I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to like being able to spend more time with him and um, because that's a, it's a shared experience, you know, and, and like we'll be going through this thing together and we're, we've, we've got a history in playing music together and all of that and now we're going to have a history of like having children who are about the same age. Um, that That's something that I had wanted is is – someone because yeah like people reach out and say hey give me a call anytime you want to talk about this sort of thing but it's just a bit different you know when uh you don't Mm -hmm. have the the bond already of having like lived your 20s together and all of that at least for me but but to answer your question like i haven't really connected with dads in a like that kind of way yeah, there, there is um, there is something that you can just kind of uh, sit in on and and be a lurker. It's called the Australian Dads Network, and it's actually a re- it's it's a pretty cool little group that there's a few thousand blokes on there, and they're from all walks of life. and And sometimes you just see posts posts from blokes about all kinds of stuff, you know. And 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 mm. they're actually it's actually the the real joyful thing for me is watching these historically like mas- butch masculine blokes asking some fairly sensitive mm. new age questions and having some blokes come back with just silly answers and then having other guys saying, hey, man, the bloke asked for help. He doesn't need to be, you know, and it's really self-monitoring um, mm. and and, it, and some of the stuff is just just really good. So Australian Dads Network on, on Facebook mm, is great. Okay. Uh, Dads Group is another one that has... Dad, like groups around about the place, they've been pretty good. I've been to a few of their mm. events, and that's just basically for new dads. Uh, but the Australian Dads Network is worth um, kind of just following. And you just see the posts, and they're pretty active. 
And yeah, okay. it's, it's just blokes just coming up with all kinds of different stuff. Oh, I'm, I'm, my wife's breastfeeding. We're thinking of weaning. What are other blokes' experiences of that? And you'll get like 40 responses and they're pretty, mm. it's pretty cool. It's pretty, um, it's worth doing. So maybe. Yeah, we'll- okay. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've looked it out just on, on the page now. Yeah, it looks good. Yeah. Yeah, cool. So what, what did you find most difficult with, you know, that bonding, that connection What or the, 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 as part of the responsibility, was it just relentless or, you know, how did you try and build your, your connection? Yeah, like, so I guess once Alaska was old enough to, you know, for me to be taking her out on my own, like I take her for, um, so the, the system my wife and I have now is that I take her about 9 o'clock till 11 and then from 4 to 7. So it means I get time in the day to just work on my music and, and all of that and, and she has time throughout the day to do the things she needs to do as well. And that, you know, taking her for walks is really like is some, has been the best thing for me because it's something to do. It's not like I just have to sit with her and just like because she gets agitated, you know, she doesn't want to be in one place. So going for a walk is like a stimulating activity for her. It's good for me to get out of the house and, and I find that it just naturally just being there with her and like having her strapped against my chest like that's been like a really easy natural way for us to connect I mean before that I used to like you know when she was much younger I'd sing to her I'd play songs for her and that sort of thing and and it was just like incremental I guess I have been really hard on myself as a dad like you know when I think about it now I'm like like we built that connection in a in a natural way, and I, and I always trusted that it would come. It was just more, and the difficult. I guess the most difficult thing about the whole process was how much it affected my relationship with my my wife, mm-hmm. and and how how abandoned I felt by her because all of a sudden her entire focus and attention and all of her love was directed at Alaska, and I was I was just left to be the guy that drove around collecting milk and and making breakfast and, and all that's you know like just really mundane stuff and I felt very very lonely in that in that that was probably that was probably the most challenging thing because it wasn't just that our lifestyle had changed and I now had this responsibility and all of that it was that I didn't feel supported by the person that I've relied on the most so I felt like I'd been hit by couple of different things and again that's something that no one prepares you for i mean it's certainly you know popular media doesn't portray that aspect of things at all and so i might have heard stories about about it affecting people's relationships and stuff but there's still this naive romantic side of myself that doesn't believe that that'll happen to me but it very much happened to me you know i i felt so abandoned and and then and then that that spirals into a bunch of different things of like oh I, I feel weak now for needing that support from her I feel weak as a man I feel like I'm going it triggered so much like of my own childhood stuff and I, I felt so much like a child in that in, in this time when I'm like fuck I'm supposed to be becoming a father and I'm I, I feel like I'm regressing more into a childhood state. And, and there's so much more like childhood wounds coming up for me and and then also feeling, you know, being around my parents at the time, feeling like they really didn't understand me and then and realising how much I felt abandoned by them my whole life. 
Yeah, so I felt so fucking lonely in the, in those times. And so so I guess, yeah, like once we got past that like three to six months period and, and Alaska then started to, you know, just be more of a little little person rather than a fucking infant baby who felt so fragile and everything and that, you know, and, and certainly now she's at a point where, you know, like I can see, like I can see she's really with it. She really like, you know, she she really knows who I am and she, she gets really upset if I walk out of the room and, and there is that like clear personality that to me has been like this just, this thing of like, okay, I'm here now. Like, cause you know, like comparing a baby to a dog is so ridiculous, but I remember feeling so shitty that it wasn't like having a dog because dogs just fucking love you from the second that, you know, and, and, and a baby's not the same. And, and I, I hated that, you know, there was so much of that stuff coming up. Yeah. So. Wow, yeah. bro. Like just an observation from that sharing. Thanks for that. It's just amazing to hear what you've gone through. But I'm a little sad, you know, it's kind of like, oh, my heart goes out to you because you're being really hard on yourself. Mm, I feel yeah. that you've just kind of like you've, you've had all these expectations, very, you know, strong, rigid expectations on, mm. on, on what to expect. And then because it hasn't actually panned out that way that it's backfired into your, you know, and you're kind of like bouncing around. Yeah. 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 It's the, uh, the, the ex- unfulfilled expectations are huge, aren't they? No. Yeah, yeah, and 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 it was shocking because I didn't realize that my expectations were so, like you say, rigid. I didn't I didn't realize. Like I thought that I was a pretty like free flowing like Buddhist meditation guy, but like not at all. Like I I'm fucking yeah. I had a I had a lot of expectations of myself, and and it's the expectations of how I'm going to feel, which I can't possibly control. Yeah, but those expectations weren't met at all. Yeah. So one way of uh, maybe strengthening what's already happening uh, as you go forward just from as Alaska gets more active is to do active mm. things with her because that's how, mm. as dads, we get our oxy- oxytocin of rewards. So it's that totally. activity. It's throwing them in the air. It's rolling with them. Totally. It's kind of, you know, holding them up and just doing the swinging, swinging around and stuff. That's, yeah. that's where that's where we get all our our love love potion from, totally. and yeah. so uh, encouraged to do that. Did you get to go into the room when the cesarean was on? Were you in the in the theater? Yeah, I was initially, but then um, the because the epidural didn't work for Anna Maria, and then when then they took us up to the theater. Yeah, but then the anesthetic didn't work for her there, so they shut the whole thing down sent me down to the waiting room and, yeah, I just sort of sat there with my sister. I was fucking exhausted. I was just rambling about I can't remember what. And eventually they wheeled Alaska in. So I was the first, like, they so Alaska had a bit of time because Anna Maria had requested. Alaska had a bit of time on Anna Maria directly after she was born. Mm. I can't remember. It can't have been long. And then they took her down to me and there's, like, the first that hour I, I had her on my you know, my shirt off and I just had it. Yeah, skin to skin. Nice. That, skin, the skin to skin, yeah. And then eventually they wheeled Anna Maria down and, and I took her in. So, yeah, that was, uh, yeah, that whole part of it was very difficult for Anna Maria to accept that she hadn't been able to, like, be there in the, the birth, you know, that it, it, the whole thing was robbed and she wasn't even conscious. 
Yeah, but but you know, I mean, at the same time, that's that's a moment with Alaska that I'll I'll remember forever as well. So, yeah, that's nice. Um, yeah. Th- so she needed a general general anaesthetic. Yeah, in the, yeah, 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 the, dr- right. the drugs yeah. just weren't doing anything. Yeah, well, it's not that they weren't doing anything. I think that I mean, I can't speculate on why they weren't working, but it, it felt to me as though Anna Maria was so not in like not submissive to that system that that probably there was part of her her body and her psyche that were really resisting the drugs working. Wow, man. Well, um, thanks so much for for uh, for agreeing to have a chat and for being so oh, open open with your um with your sharing. I mean, it's a it's a tough one, isn't it? Like my heart goes out to you about what you've been through. It's pretty um pretty hectic. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess also what I've been learning is that it's also kind of common. You know, uh, that that was the shocking thing for me, and that was what my midwife said to me at some point during the time in the hospital, she sort of sat down with me and she she said, you know, like the, the most important thing is that you can continue to talk about it because people just walk around with this stuff on their shoulders for the rest of their lives. And, and that was the thing I found out later on is that my birth with my parents had been almost identical to Alaska's. Really? And that was so shocking. Wow. I was like, are you fucking serious? Like for me, like when, when, when there have been opportunities to talk to friends or to people about this stuff, I've been like brutally honest. And, and like the, the friend I was talking about who, whose partner got pregnant, you know, I was like, bro, okay, yeah, it's fucked. Like I, and, and I walked away from the conversation and like, oh shit, maybe I was a bit heavy on that. Like, uh, you know, but, but fuck it. Like, and, and I, I, I think that he appreciated it, me being real about it. Cause he's, you know, people are going to have, like, I hear a lot people are like, oh, I don't want to, like, turn people off the idea of having kids. But, like, from what I see, people are going to have kids no matter what you say. Mm. You can fucking say mm. anything. Mm. And mm. once they once they've decided they're going to have kids, they're going to have kids. So, Forewarned is forearmed, my friend. That's the way it is, totally. man. It's kind of you need... We need to let people know just... Actually, we're not giving, we're not giving childbirth the requisite kind of focus in our lives you know we're not actually yeah like in the general sense i mean you guys probably got better prepared because you were planning a home birth but uh you know people spend more time searching for a new car than preparing for a baby it's like for the actual birth you know i think there's there's this kind of philosophical wall and we just go oh fuck i don't really want to think about it i'm not going to think about it and then and then boom it happens and then afterwards you go oh fuck i wish i thought about it yeah, totally, totally. And, and yeah, like, I mean, maybe there's a, like evolutionary or kind of reason for that is so that we just keep fucking doing it. Don't, don't think about it. Just keep doing it, you know. But, yeah, like for me, the only thing that kept me going really was just being able to like when, when people did ask me, and, and that was the thing about coming back to Victoria was I was at a lot more like weddings and events and birthdays and all of that, and people would say, oh, so how's parenthood? And it was just such a relief because of the person I am, I was able to just go, yes, totally fucked, and I hate every moment of it. You know, and whether that was an exaggeration or not, it was it was what I needed to get off my chest. And 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 every time I had a conversation like that, and not, not that I'd always be as brutal as that, but I would be open about it at least. Every time I had a conversation with people where I was real about what my experience was, they would, whether they were planning on having kids or not, whether they had kids or not, whether they were just like asking, they were like 
so engaged and and so appreciative of the honesty because it's like and and the response I got from that you know I post on Facebook and Instagram almost every day post some music and this that and the other <laughs> people don't give a shit but if I <laughs> post saying hey parenthood has been really fucking hard and I hate it and then oh yeah the floodgates open and people are like all about it you know so yeah. oh man yeah that's uh, well. Yeah, that's true because I think it's rare. What you know, that kind of honesty is rare coming from a you know a new dad, and and um, mm-hmm. you know I think I think it's courageous actually because it actually gives people a, an idea about exactly what's going on here, and that is mm. that that it's not fucking easy. It's actually mm. you know it's hard, it's the hardest thing you'll ever do. Yeah, yeah, you know? um, go from you know zero to like relentless, constant responsibility is is mm-hmm. tough and you just no one really prepares you properly but that's what i want to do <laughs> yeah no good on you i think it's awesome what you're doing yeah 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 so thanks for the chat dude um yeah you too bro see you man lots of love i'd like to acknowledge the darawal people as the traditional custodians of the land upon which this podcast is recorded and i pay my respects to elders past present and emerging <laughs>